0: are signing the independence and it's training Tuesday here on the Rob Manish show Uh, and we've got our X basis simulcast uh, back up and uh, you know we saw that the uh, uh, the uh, declaration for military accountability release on January 1st 2024 uh, by military citizens demanding accountability in our government but before that The Redeclaration of Independence effort started in the fall of 2023. From their website, the Redeclaration of Independence is a national petition for representative accountability. We're officially petitioning our government and its representatives for redress. Our elected representatives have failed We the People, and the Washington, D.C. establishment has become the men of King George, the website says. And it goes on to say that we, the citizens of these United States, are now pawns in the Washington, D.C. empire scheme, much as the American colonies had become vassal states to the British Empire. Well, sadly, history does repeat itself, especially for those who ignore its teachings. Uh, It's time to recommit to the vows of liberty that our founders took 250 years ago. Only through a collective effort backed by millions of liberty loving Americans can we hope to peacefully guide America back to its founding values by forcing change in our representation. My guest today is the primary drafter of the Redeclaration of Independence, Barry Hinckley. Barry is a great grandson of a guy named Colonel James Barrett. Barrett was the commander of the Minutemen who engaged the British in 1775 at the North Bridge in Concord, Massachusetts. Coincidentally, Barry was born on April 18th, the day the Riders left Boston to alert the Minutemen. He's also a software entrepreneur, having co-founded Bullhorn Software. Uh, He was a former U.S. Senate candidate from Rhode Island versus our favorite, Sheldon Whitehouse, the great racist that Sheldon is, you know. Barry has been active in pursuing limited government and constitutional values since the Tea Party movement in Boston in 2008, which... Though much maligned by the mainstream media, according to his website, in hindsight, the Tea Party movement predicted much of the problems that our nation's facing today. Uh, well, Barry, welcome to the Rob Mana Show.
1: Oh, it's great to be here, Rob. It really is.
0: Hey, man, I want to show that first clip, If uh, Mr. Producer, if you could run that uh, clip number one from the uh, Redeclaration YouTube site.
2: The architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Fifty-six men came forward to sign the parchment that they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors.
3: That declaration is still a revolutionary document. To read it today is to hear a trumpet call.
2: My fellow Americans, it falls to us to keep faith with them and all the great Americans of our past.
3: Your bravery is scarier to the other side than any weapon you could borrow. Let us readopt the Declaration of Independence. Let all Americans, let all lovers of liberty everywhere, join in the great and good work. But today, as the world seems almost to unravel around us, there is much to dissent from. If you had 10% of the population take that posture, this crap would end immediately.
0: That's a fantastic video, Barry. It doesn't tell the whole story, but it's really motivational, uh, man. And uh, I appreciate you coming on to uh, talk with us today, uh, especially with your background. Uh, uh, and before we go too far, folks, you can sign the redeclaration at redeclaration.com. Is that correct? redeclaration uh, dot org redeclaration.org. You can sign that petition. So if, if when you're listening here live, uh, Go to your computer, hit redeclaration.org, all one word, redeclaration.org, and sign the declaration. Because just like the military accountability petition, only enough Americans to build the numbers up on this thing will get the people inside the beltway to pay any attention whatsoever to us, uh, the folks out here that still believe in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, Well, Barry, tell tell the audience, why you framed this around the original Declaration of Independence and what your inspiration was uh, to take this step to get the American people to tell their uh, elected officials you have to change.
1: Well, I guess it's a few things. Being, being from New England and being part of a founding family, it's been part of my life for my whole life. And I've been uh, keenly aware Patriot's Day was a big deal in New England, it was sadly becoming less so. So that's part of it. Growing up in a manufacturing family, watching our own country Washington D- from Washington DC, essentially declare war on productive people in this country, uh, number two. Uh, and number three, it became very clear to me that Washington DC is running a political empire, much like the King of England was. and they're no longer treating us as a republic. They're trying to pluralize us into some plural democracy uh, like France and ignoring the teachings of our founders who did a great amount of research and and settled on a a constitutional republic for a reason, for exactly what we're seeing now, which is a a centralized and too powerful government uh, uh, absorbing and eliminating individual liberty and state's rights. That's what motivated me
0: yeah uh, you sound strangely like uh, an American, you know, as opposed to <laughs> oh a, my God uh, uh, <laughs> as opposed to some of the leftists uh, that I, I go even so far as to say Marxists uh, that are uh, both elected to and serving in uh, United States governments at every level now, uh, all the way down to the local level uh, and uh, do you really expect them to listen to us?
1: Well, two things. I think they're Marxists in the streets. I don't think you've gone too far. I think, you know, uh, Antifa was essentially their activists in the streets, the Bolsheviks. And they're fascists, I believe, in Washington, D.C., corporate fascists. They're working with big corporations. And they're, you know, uh, certainly uh, taking our our, our rights away. So I don't think you've gone that far at all. Do I think they'll listen to us? And you, uh, you mentioned this in your opening monologue. The only way they'll listen to us is if we get big numbers. Now, Bill Clinton was not a man of high moral value, obviously, but he was a successful politician and very good at it. And he said something that's always stuck with me. He said, politicians will never start the parade, but they will jump out in front with a baton if you do. This is my attempt to start the parade. And only if we get the numbers that you spoke about in your open uh, will we get their attention? Otherwise they will continue to cook the system and get reelected because they have a baked in 98% reelection rate using our money to run against, you know, challengers, uh, and, mm. and keep running the table unless we stand up in big numbers.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, exactly right. You know, I mean, I love that. I love that line. I'd forgotten about it, uh, but I've heard it before and he's spot on, uh, you know, uh, Unfortunately, we don't really elect many leaders to Congress anymore. Uh, they're career politicians. Uh, some of them have been leaders in a previous life, but almost all of them are co-opted within a year uh, of getting elected to become part of this, uh, what I call the uniparty cabal uh, in Washington, D.C., That's that chases dollars, that gets reelected 90 something percent of the time by telling their constituents, hey, look at all the money I brought to my district for you, you know, uh, and, and, and they don't follow uh, the principles in the Declaration of Independence, the principles of John Locke, uh, which is what a lot of that was written on, uh, from, uh, and, and they certainly don't follow the principles of the reason why we created the United States government in the first place, and it's for one reason, right, Barry? to protect our liberty, our freedoms the in, at the individual level. That's what the government is for. It's the only one like that in the world, in the history of the world that I know of.
1: Well, that's their job. And their job is to yeah. be citizens and then serve. They've become career politicians. And when they get in there, they have no power. Leadership tells them on both sides, you have two jobs get reelected and raise money, the more money they get, a, they get a price list, the, the The more money you raise, the better committee you sit on the the big the better the committee, the more access you have the money to money to then, you know, uh, sadly pay off your friends, grease some skids and get reelected. And they start on that train and they start climbing that ladder to being a career politician and they forget what we sent, forgot, forget why we sent them there in the first place. Sadly. And that's why we need. Exactly right.
0: I mean, it, it, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Well, uh, let's go over to the audience, uh, the live audience, and take a question uh, real quick before we take our first commercial break, Barry. Uh, Kat and Shell are the hosts uh, in the X-Space's simulcast audience, and welcome, everybody. It's good to have all of y'all with us again today for Training Tuesday. It's been a while. Uh, Our guest is Barry Hinkley. uh, So, uh, Kat, Shell, you have a question over there?
1: Shocked that I don't
4: have one. I usually do, but.
0: Well, okay. Uh, yeah,
1: you guys are clear right now.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, I'll come back to Barry and ask my first question then, uh, which is uh, the the redeclaration has 12 tenants, I think you guys call them. Uh, the first one is uh, requiring the adoption of an annual balanced budget uh, and uh, collecting and spending no more than 20% of GDP and uh, any balance collected being returned to taxpayers or deposited in the treasury to pay down debt and strengthen our nation during challenging times, like a rainy day fund maybe, uh, I think is the way I think of that at the state level when I hear about it. Uh, Exactly. uh, Why why is that such number one on the list? I guess is my question.
1: Well, because we won't have a republic if we go broke and these people are driving us into bankruptcy, if we're not there. I mean, without the printing press and, and the collaboration between the Fed, we would be broke. There's no other country in history that's racked up this kind of debt with this few taxpayers. If you look at, you know, there's 140 million people in America that work, 70 million of them actually end up paying taxes at the end of the year. That's not a lot of people to support the debt we have. It's actually impossible. And that's on top of the unfunded liabilities uh, because they've so mismanaged social security and Medicare to, you know, amongst, you know, the, the veterans affairs and other, um, you know, organizations that they've really run poorly. So it is so vital that we get this back on track. And as Thomas Jefferson said, back to the, you know, the constitutional founding of this document is immoral for one generation to pass their debts to another. And I'm a father and I hope to be a grandfather someday, and I will not rest mm-hmm. until we've righted this ship. And, and get this uh, country fiscally solvent again, because it is not fiscally solvent. It just isn't. It has to be addressed ASAP. I, I thought this was out of control when I was a Tea Party member in the late 2000s in Boston when it was approaching ten trillion. People forget. And I used to give a lot of talks to school kids and I, I used to. You have to you know play games to keep them interested in things like civics. And I used to ask them, how long do you think one trillion seconds is? Just one trillion. If you counted to a trillion, how long would it take you? And you get all kinds of different answers from the audience. And then mm-hmm. some, you know, um, wise guy in the back would yell, "A hundred years!" And uh, you know, because everyone else was yelling, five, ten years," you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's actually almost thirty-two thousand years is one trillion. Seconds. That's just one trillion.
0: I think we're at thirty, approaching thirty-four trillion dollar debt.
1: Now. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started
0: looking at the debt, uh, in the Tea Party movement, the first election, I think it was 2010 when they when they took over the House of Representatives, if I remember right. So we're talking about 14 years ago, uh, and the debt was approaching 10 trillion dollars. Look, look yeah. at that! Think about that: 24 trillion dollars added uh, in just that short amount of time in 14 years. It is unbelievable. Uh, that uh, uh, the American uh, people's representatives feel as if they just don't need to worry about it. Uh, But you know what? We wouldn't have inflation without all this crazy spending because we could just, our government just prints money, uh, uh, so to speak. Uh, uh, I know that's kind of old fashioned to say in the digital world, but we still print money. And the more money that's out there, Uh, as what's driving this inflation, driving interest rates to go through the roof. You know, I couldn't afford the house I live in today if I had to get the mortgage on it today. And that was just two years ago, you know? Uh, And uh, I think you're spot on by making that the number one on your list of 12 tenants uh, to talk about in the redeclaration. And uh, after the first break, we will come back to the tenants, and talk some more about them because they cover the things that we see happening in our government that we citizens are frustrated with and are demanding they be fixed and they're not being fixed. And you'll see one of them in the in the video coming out of the break. It's about spying on American citizens. I'm Rob Maness with Patriot TV on Rob Maness Live, our guest Barry Hinckley, and our live audience on X Spaces. We'll be right back after these messages.
4: The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Kelly at Ph.D. at 877-547-5743. That's 877-Kirk-Ph.D.
2: We are here to defend democracy for the people.
3: Anybody
4: here in the audience know who wrote the Patriot Act or when it was written? This will blow your mind.
2: Civil Libertarians were opposed to it right after 1994, and you can ask the Attorney General this, because I got a call when he introduced the Patriot Act. He said, Joe, I'm introducing the act basically as you wrote it in 1994. It was defeated then, not by any liberals. It was defeated then by the folks who worried that we'd have the Minutemen would get in trouble, by the Mr. Bars of the world, who were worried about the right wing, not anything else. So just, that has nothing to do with you all, but just to set the record straight, almost the same thing that got passed, the Patriot Act, was introduced by me in 1994, and it was the right wing that defeated it. You guys tried to help get it passed, including, um, the wiretap changes and the rest. Welcome back to The Rob Mana
0: Show on Patriot TV. We're back with Training Tuesday for the first time in a couple of months this week, and our guest is uh, Barry Hinckley. He is the primary drafter of something called the Redeclaration of Independence, and you can sign the redeclaration at redeclaration.org. That's redeclaration.org, folks. Just like the military accountability petition is going to get Congress to move on the, in the right direction, Uh, In that area, we want them to see this redeclaration because it's got some great ideas that they need to know the American people are behind 100% and solidly. And the only thing that will do that will be the the numbers. Well, Barry, uh, the little clip there was about spying on the American people. And uh, I had voiced my concerns since since the Patriot Act was first passed, even though I was in the Pentagon on 9-11 and survived it, had to go on and fight the war as a commander. Uh, and those uh, kind of things as I, uh, came to the end of my career in the air force. And, uh, gosh, man, uh, that, that thing was supposed to be gone, uh, pretty quickly. And we all said, yeah, we need to do it because we got to get these bad guys, you know, and take them off, uh, off the planet. So this doesn't happen again, but it keeps two things keep happening. This Congress, no matter who's, who's in charge of it, Democrat or, or Republican keeps, uh, Reopen that act. Uh, they actually brag about making it more powerful and stronger. Uh, and then something called the FISA Court uh, and the FISA Act, uh, uh, Section Seven O Two, I think it is, uh, that gives the FBI the ability to spy on us without a warrant, almost, almost willy nilly. Uh, you know, at their, uh, you know, at their will. Uh, instead of following the Constitution of the United States and the and the values in the Declaration of Independence, uh, you know, is there anything in the Redeclaration that's going to address that issue?
1: Well, we have twelve tenets, and in the preamble, we do discuss the fact that we believe you know the press and private citizens, um, members of the press, you know, <laughs> the, few, the few that are are, are fair and balanced have Like Tucker and others have been un- unlawfully spied upon, private citizens have been unlawfully spied upon. So that's mentioned in the preamble. It is not uh, mentioned specifically in any of the twelve tenants. But keep in mind, we could have written thirty tenants. Our government is so broken. Yeah. But we decide to keep it at a dozen. And the and the idea is, you know, this isn't just about getting millions of Americans to sign. This is getting the candidates to sign and only supporting candidates that sign. So we have something to hold them accountable. And the thinking is, if they will sign onto these 12 common sense tenants, they will make the right decisions when things like the Patriot Act, Patriot Act come up for renewal or um, you know the clear overreach of our government. I mean, this whole Patriot Act thing just reminds me of when they introduced the income tax you know, at the turn yeah. of the last century when they said it was gonna be 1% and just on the riches, well, look where we are now. You know, you give the government a little bit and you'll let them stay there forever and they're gonna grow themselves and that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I think in the, in the 50s, uh, you know, the higher income uh, folks was at like 90% uh, income tax and then uh, we spent several decades whittling that back down to something more reasonable like 30% or something. Uh, uh, and now, Uh, It seems like the Democrats want to shove it back up to that top rank, you know, and uh, when that happens, those folks take their money and their business and they move it offshore. Uh, And what happens there is manufacturing goes offshore, people lose their jobs that have been steady, uh, uh, working jobs from family to family, generation to generation in the same families, uh, you know, and those kind of things. So. It is uh, uh, very unfortunate that uh, we're thinking about those kind of things. And, you know, the number two tenant in the redeclaration requires uh, a federal budget to be passed in advance of October 1st. Uh, And uh, that uh, it says that Congress has not done that since 1996. And I think a lot of people know that, but the average person doesn't realize that. They've been doing this continuing resolution budgeting method, which means that you just vote for the last uh, budget that whoever put it into place and whoever's policies, and that's why we end up with these crazy uh, uh, big government and left-wing policies staying in the budget year after year. Uh, Tell us about why you focused on the budget next after number one, which was, uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, the adoption of a balanced budget, uh, but the timing of this budget. What's important? Why is that important?
1: Well, what if you filed your taxes late? What would happen to you, Rob? It's mm-hmm. it's your job to file your tax. You may not like the law, but as I say, you know I don't make the laws; I just live by them. There's that's their own law. They're supposed to pass a budget every year by October first. Do what you're supposed. To, what right. we sent you there for, and if you can't. Then what we say in the second tenet is okay. Great. If you can't, then you don't get paid until you you do. There's a penalty, just like Congress is supposed to pass.
0: Yeah, Congress is supposed to pass uh, uh, like twelve appropriations bills. I think is the number, uh, and and then a budget by October first. And you know the individual appropriations bills is what's called regular order. They haven't done that either. Now this current Congress is trying to do that but they couldn't get it finished by October 1st, so uh, that's a good point uh, on that. Well, I think I've got a hand up over in the audience now uh, with a question, Barry. Let's go over there uh, and uh, uh, see what folks have to ask you about. Go ahead, Shell Kat.
5: Go ahead, Webb.
2: Hey, guys, Colonel, glad to speak with you again. Uh, I, I will preface this with a comment of, I kind of, I, I was kind of hoping for a re Magna Carta, even though America doesn't have a Magna Carta. But it, with all the, the the ridiculous executive orders coming out of the White House, we need a Magna Carta. Uh, <laughs> the how much rewording did you have to do to the original Declaration of Independence to the re? Declaration of Independence. I didn't see very much that was needed because it's all there. And also, are you uh, specifically targeting Republicans, or are you also targeting some some uh, not crazy Democrats to maybe sign on to this?
1: Well, nothing. Great question. This, thank, you, thank you for the question. Nothing in this should be partisan, sadly, but sadly, it probably is because the, as we know, the Democrats, and I think Robert Kennedy Jr. is a, a good example. I, I, you know, as you know, he's a recovering addict, but he, I also call him a recovering Democrat because he's realized that that party is completely gone to the hardcore left. So I'm not expecting uh, a huge stampede of Democrats. I'm hoping that we would get some of what they used to call blue dog Democrats. They're centrist, fiscally conservative, rational, balanced folks. Um, but nothing in this should be partisan uh, the language is written, uh, it's mostly new language. There, there's a few quotes from the original declaration of independence at the end, sacred honor, life, you know, honor in sacred honor, et cetera, but it, it's pretty new material written in the spirit of the original declaration of independence.
0: Yeah, great question. Uh, you know, it's, uh. Uh, one of your tenets is about uh, prioritizing the domestic welfare and veterans in public assistance before any benefits shared with any foreign nation or foreign nationals at all. Uh, Why would you feel a need to put that in?
1: Well, look at what's happening with the Ukraine. And look what's happening to our veterans. I and mean, we've been in 20 years of war. I mean, you're retired. Uh... From the service, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that are struggling. Suicide rates are massive. Like we're not taking care of our own people, but we're dumping hundreds of billions into the world. No other country does that, and certainly no country that wants to remain viable takes care of other people before they take care of their own. We need to take care of our our country. Our country is seriously sick and seriously broken. You know, when we were talking about the debt a little bit ago, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, you and I were back, you know, in the mix before it was ten trillion we so we spent 24 trillion and in 25 years extra that we don't have the first 225 years we were we spent 10 extra what do we have to show for that into a veteran's yeah. hospital lately you know
0: yes i have uh i'm a i'm a customer there. So, uh, you're exactly we're not right
2: care of our own. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the most difficult uh uh machine to get into uh, the veterans benefits uh, programs, especially the medical side. Uh, And it's also pretty difficult to operate. Uh, We've we've done, made some great strides in the last uh, five or six years, uh, thanks to uh, uh, the Mission Act under President Trump uh, was one of them uh, and uh, those kind of things. But it's not enough, you know, it's being reported right now that the Veterans Affairs Department is using 10 of their financial employees to pay the bills uh, to, for the benefits that go to illegals. Uh, you know, now they're denying that it's taken away from veterans, but even one veterans affairs employee that's doing something besides taking care of a veterans issue is one too many and the, those dollars are going to illegals. What the heck is that? What kind of prioritization is that? And that's right out of the Congress. Uh, and I think that's why you rightly focus on the Congress in this document, Barry. You know, uh, the uh, uh, one of the other things you talk about in your tenets is uh, to reestablish the principle of self-government. You know, and rebuild the ties between the electorate and the office holder. That's extremely important, and it is fractured. We have a Grand Canyon divide between me and the people that I vote for.
1: Well, they're not citizens anymore, you know. Mille, if you've been following what's happening in Argentina, and I really consider Argentina the Canary and the coal mine of socialism and its creep as it would uh, would uh, affect America, because they're you know a uh, same but different country, obviously European influence, large indigenous population, um, you know, mixed culturally, and they tried socialism hardcore, and it's a, a disaster. And Miley said something really brilliant, and it's just, he paraphrased because you know he's a, obviously a, a Milton Friedman trained economist, and, and he said never should the derivative be worth more than the underlying asset. And the derivative is our representatives are our representatives in Washington, D.C., but they treat themselves like a a high class elite compared to us, which are the American people. We the people are the underlying asset. And there is no trust between us and them. They go there. They know they have a 98 percent re-election rate. They know that if they play by the rules of leadership, they'll climb the ladder. They'll get Powerful and wealthy uh, in, in the system, and, and uh, we need to reestablish that trust between representative and citizen. We need term limits. That's why we addressed it that way.
0: You're Absolutely right, and we and we need elections that everybody can have confidence in too. And we'll talk about that in the next break. And the, you know, the cold open video in the next after the next break here uh, is about uh, judges and how they're a threat. Uh, to freedom and liberty, uh, especially when you think about what they're doing, these few judges in the District of Columbia, what they're doing to the January 6th political prisoners. uh, It's pretty atrocious and we'll talk about that when we come back with Barry Hinckley, the primary drafter of the Redeclaration of Independence that you can find at redeclaration.org. And uh, we'll talk to him some more and give the live audience an opportunity to have some more questions here at the rob manis show on patriot.tv that's patriot.tv we'll see you in a second
2: when i grow up i want to work for a woke company like super woke when i grow up when i grow up i want to be hired based on what i look like rather than my skills I want to be judged
1: by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my co-workers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut
2: gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist.
1: I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns?
2: It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work.
3: Julie Kelly is the one journalist in this country who's been following us very closely. She wrote a book on it. January 6th, how Democrats used the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right, which is a perfect summation of what actually happened. Julie Kelly joins us now. Julie, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so it dawned on us as, as these tapes made very clear that the story we've been presented is an, is an absolute fabrication. It's a lie. It's a fraud. Um, that... People may still be in jail on the basis of these lies. And so we wanted to talk to you for an update on where those cases are tonight.
5: So yes, there are, well, at least 100 men have been held under pretrial detention orders over the past two years. That means that a judge has denied them bail because the government, DOJ, successfully argued that that individual was a threat to the community. This includes Tucker, people charged with nonviolent offenses like obstruction and conspiracy. So of course, they don't have access to what could very easily be exculpatory evidence contained in this video. But aside from the, now I think around three dozen men who are held under pretrial detention orders, Tucker, believe it or not, there are some men going on 24, 25, 26 months denied bail, languishing in jail, including the D.C. Gulag, as the government continues to delay their trials. This all has the imprimatur, by the way, of every judge on the D.C. District Court, I want to emphasize, the real villains here are the federal judges in Washington, D.C., who have allowed the government to play every single game to keep this evidence out of the hands of defendants, violating their oath of office to protect the rights of defendants and their due process rights. So I really want to emphasize that. Um, But look, Tucker, there's a thousand criminal defendants right now. Half of them have pleaded guilty or been convicted at trial. So, and the government just announced in two months ago in January that they were still uploading global, they call discovery, which means material related to the entire investigation. What they did was arrest people first, find the evidence later and cover up what could um, potentially uh, exonerate these defendants.
3: If this were happening in any other country, the U.S. State Department would immediately acknowledge that these were violations of the most basic human rights. These are political prisoners. Mm -hmm and the U.S. government would condemn it. But it's happening here, and it's ignored, except by you. And I so appreciate your tireless reporting on this. Julie Kelly, thank you. Thank
0: Welcome back to The Rob Manus Show, live on the Patriot.tv. Our guest today is Barry Hinckley, the primary drafter of the redeclaration of independence. And Barry, in that, that clip there, I wanted to play the whole thing because Number one is before Tucker Carlson was kicked out of Fox, off of Fox, so it's not that recent. Uh, But uh, Ms. Kelly was talking about some of these people from January 6th had been held in pretrial confinement without trial for 24 to 26 months already. So it wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough ago that Tucker was still there. And now we're in 2024, uh, three years to the month uh, uh, that, uh, January 6th, 2021 happened and we're at well over 1,100, uh, prosecutions, uh, uh, that this crazy prosecutor in Washington DC and the FBI are totally focused on that while at the same time, our elections still aren't fixed. Uh, and, uh, we have military age males in the, in the not just tens of thousands, but approaching 100,000 since Joe Biden took office, coming into the country illegally, and most of those are Chinese from the uh, Chinese Communist Party-controlled country of the the People's Republic of China. That's a scary thought, Uh, but this was all about the insecurity of that election. And uh, your document and your proposal uh, says a lot of things about addressing that issue. Talk talk us through that real quick.
1: Well, it's really important. Uh, I just spent some time with Sarah McAvey, whose husband, Ron, is getting sentenced next month and he's facing, the government's asking for 17 to 20 years. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, this is Soviet style stuff. I studied the Soviet Union from 1980 to 1989. I took the language for five years. I have a degree in Soviet studies a history degree based in Central and Eastern European affairs. I'm a Cold War baby. My dad was in the army. This is what I studied. This is what evil looks like. Washington, D.C. is a different country than the rest of the country. I have attended trials in Washington, federal trials, where someone in the press was getting essentially persecuted by the DNC and its operatives in collaboration with the U.S. government. The fix is in. This is absolutely treacherous and we need to take our elections back. And I do believe that our, our, I, I ran for US Senate in Rhode Island. I will tell you a story that's very interesting. 2012, uh, I had been running for a year, but you register in May before the primary. I had pretty much cleared the primary by then, but you have to go officially register with the state. And we had a friendly in the secretary of state's office, a career employee, but he happened to be conservative, which was pretty rare in Rhode Island. Uh, he was a big Newt G- Gingrich fan, but he, you know, the, the employees at the Secretary of State's office, they run the place. The, the elected official is in and out for, for eight years, and they really don't. They're more of a figurehead. So this guy had been there for 25 years, and he pulled me into his office. He said, Barry, I have good news and bad news. And mind you, this is 2012. He said, the good news is I think you're running a great campaign. You have a chance to win. I said, fine, great, thank you. He said, the bad news is we know here in the Secretary of State's office in Rhode Island that you have to beat Sheldon Whitehouse by five to six percent to tie him because we know there's that much fraud in the system today. That was 2012 before the mail-in ballots went crazy in this country. And I knew instantly during COVID that that was going to be the case with this election because they're going to mail ballots out to everyone and use it as an excuse. So we have to clean up these elections. We call for in the redeclaration single day in person paper balloted ID voting uh, you know obviously you know uh, strict control on absentee ballots for military et cetera but controlled, manageable right. And then uh, we recommend that it's a national we recommend it's a national holiday. and we recommend mm-hmm. well we, we actually demand it's a national holiday and we suggest that it's Veterans Day, which is a, a holiday that's been kind of lost anyway in all the mush of, of the other new holidays that are rolling out these days. And it, mm-hmm. as a, rec- a recognize to recognize the veterans that have given so much so that we can have a free and fair election. So Veterans Day, National holiday, in person, paper ballot voting, one
0: day. Now, of course, that would take an amendment to the Constitution because, you know, it's uh, the national election's got to be on a Tuesday, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, well, it looks, I mean, specific, you
2: know,
0: uh, can, and that's how can it's we laid move out. Tuesday uh, to Tuesday? Well, uh, you know, it might be easier to make it uh, Martin Luther King Day and move that holiday to Election Day because he was about civil rights and voting rights. Uh, you know, that's what his whole uh, uh, that, that was one of my proposals just a, a week ago, <laughs> uh, talking with somebody. But uh, it just kind of popped into my head. Well, it's about voting rights. You know, maybe Martin Luther King Day should be Election Day, uh, and uh, w- then we don't have to add a holiday. We just move Martin Luther King Day over there. Uh, anyway, I don't think uh, we should add a uh, holiday. Good okay. ideas. Good ideas. How yeah. does uh, either one? How does it address? Do it. Yeah. How, how does it address the issue of? Uh, you know, people are being accused of treason, insurrection for questioning the election, and there are procedures in the U.S. Constitution, I think it's the 12th Amendment uh, of the Constitution, that lays out the procedures for counting the electoral college votes, uh, who does what, you know, what body has the authority to do what, depending on, on if there's a tie, uh, or if there's a tie amongst the vice presidency, uh, uh, and those kind of things, uh, even down to the detail of uh, who, who becomes the president if they don't get things done by a certain day in March, you know, the the, the new vice president, if there is one, uh, is who that would be, according to the Constitution. Uh, so it's not illegal and should not be illegal to question the outcome of an election when we even have the, the, uh, the ability to do that in the electoral college vote
1: count does it address well, that the first the first sentence of number six which addresses the elections says to ensure the right of free and fair and transparent elections states must honor the twelfth amendment and the right to challenge our government and elections without the fear of retribution that's the first sentence for a reason because we feel that it was challenged and we feel we were persecuted
0: yeah I think and I think it's continuing too because they passed the uh... Uh, an amended version of uh, the Electoral Count Act to make some of the things that were had been done for every presidential election since we started uh, illegal uh, in the last one because they weren't illegal uh, and and people are being sent to prison and being uh, charged and those kind of things uh, uh, for not even violating the laws that existed uh, then. So yeah, we've got definitely got to address that. So so how else? uh I see that uh you have something about securing and protecting our borders big issue right now that's the biggest issue in this presidential election Barry, uh, you know uh and has been when I first ran for the Senate in twenty uh, the 2014 race, uh, my number one platform issue was secure the southern border even then uh, ten years ago uh, and then Donald Trump ran the next year and his number one, Thing was secure the southern border and stop illegal aliens from coming into the country uh, and uh, and really we both said enforce the current law because current law covers uh this and it's strong enough but uh, people like joe biden are refusing to do it so how does Congress take what you guys wrote you know enforce our immigration laws adopt policies that, inf- that enforce or overlook orderly migration of a law-abiding and productive people when we've already got that written in law. Uh, What can Congress do additional to uh, force the executive branch to do its duty and execute the laws faithfully?
1: Well, how about this? Why don't they start treating people that want to come to this country illegally like they would treat an American citizen that wanted to do something illegally? Like the rules are pretty strict on how you live here. You have to have law and order when you have three hundred and thirty million people living uh in a in a country, uh in, in a productive nation, hopefully. You know, I've always said that America is so amazing because every enemy in the world lives here. But we we did get along pretty well before they started dividing us in two thousand eight. Uh and then the press got in on the game too. And then they really ramped things up when Trump became president because they had someone they they manufactured a villain out of him. But Please just enforce the laws. Sure, they need to be fixed. All laws need to be updated over time. Uh, you know, the reason this is only two sentences in the in in the redeclaration of Independence is because it's not hard. Start with enforcing the law. Just like you ask us to obey the law, as citizens. We ask people that want to come here to obey the law too. Think about if you build a nation on top of uh, new migrants or new immigrants. That come here and the first act as a wannabe American is to break the law. Like, how do you build upon that anything positive? It's nuts. It, it yeah, absolutely. Me. I mean,
0: how can you how can you dare to uh, let uh, an illegal that their first action is to break American law and then say, "Hey, we want you to be a law enforcement officer," like we're seeing happen in uh, Illinois, and I think it's come up in California too, uh, and uh, and more recently. Uh, offer them to serve in the US Armed Forces with the promise of citizenship. Well, how can we expect them to be uh, faithful people to take the oath to the Constitution, which is the law of the land, uh, and then follow it when their first step is to break the law? Well, we've got to take our last break, Barry. Uh, But when we come back, I want to talk about your tenant about the military and the independence or non-independence rather, of the DOJ, Department of Justice or Injustice, and the FBI. And we'll hear from a former presidential candidate real briefly on that issue when we come back. I'm Rob Manus talking with Barry Hinckley, the primary drafter of the Redeclaration of Independence, found at Redeclaration.org, here on Patriot TV Live, and we'll be right back after these messages.
4: What if this happened to you when you're alone? Or what if it happened here? With MedGuard Alert, you're never alone. You can connect with medical professionals anywhere, anytime. And now MedGuard is introducing our exclusive new CareWatch. If you need help quickly, use it from anywhere to contact medical professionals. No cell phone required. The CareWatch is not only a life-saving medical alert device. It's a revolutionary health monitoring system that checks your blood pressure, heart rate, oxygen saturation, and much more. And here's the best part. If you have Medicaid, you may qualify to get your CareWatch for free. The CareWatch is only available through MedGuard Alert. Call us right now. We have monitoring programs starting as low as a dollar a day. The call is free, activation is free, shipping is free, and no contract is required. Remember, with Medicaid, you may qualify to get your CareWatch for free. Don't wait. Call us to get your CareWatch right now. Operators are standing by.
6: starts with your plan of reform seems to me to dwell on the Congress first. What should Congress do different? Well, look, I mean, I think that, so. I was a, I was a U.S. congressman for three terms. I've recovered from that experience. Don't worry. <laughs> but what happens is, is you have a government that's on autopilot. So they will either do massive omnibus spending bills, which nobody really reads or has any idea what's in it, or they will do what's called continuing resolutions which just keeps the government going uh, whatever the previous year's levels of appropriations were. The problem with that is that, that they're never using that number one constitutional power they have, the power of the purse, to rein in these administrative agencies. And so you have something like DOJ and FBI. Well, if you never hold them accountable through the legislative process, either through, through law or through, through budget, of course power is gonna accumulate there. You've also had kind of a trope that a lot of Republican presidents have accepted over the years that DOJ and FBI are quote, independent uh, of the White House. And first of all, these people have guns. They can put you in jail. Saying they're independent means they're unaccountable. No, they are executive branch agencies that report to the elected President of the United States. And uh, an executive, elected executive, absolutely has to use Article II power uh, to hold those agencies accountable. So I think you've had...
0: Welcome back to Rob Manus Live. It's Training Tuesday here on Patriot.tv. We're back and we're talking with the primary drafter of the redeclaration of independence today, uh, Barry Hinckley. and Barry, uh, that was former presidential candidate and governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis there, uh, uh, with a very good focused uh, uh, piece of his discussion about the, the false uh, independence of the, of the Department of Justice and the FBI. They work for the executive branch. The president of the United States is the sole elected official, elected by all of the people and all of the states uh, with the power to control the executive branch. Uh, and I think you guys, uh, uh, part of the reason why you're doing this redeclaration is because that's a major issue, isn't it?
1: Sadly, our nation's at war. I mean, Bill Maher, I don't think I'm saying anything out of school. He, you know, he's not hardly a conservative or hardly a constitutionalist, in my opinion, when he came out and said, we're in a civil cold war, Uh, It's pretty clear to me that our nation is war and uh, the DNC, sadly, uh, and the hardcore left have co-opted these institutions and put them to work. And the DOJ is completely politicized. I mean, you don't have to be, you don't have to have a high school education, let alone an eighth grade education to understand. There's a two tier justice system happening, and it's it's happening. The fish is rotting from the head down, and it seems like it's becoming self protective of the of the deep of the deep state. And anyone that's challenging, you know, true liberty and lady and, and, and asking for lady justice to truly measure outcomes. Oh, absolutely right. Uh, you know, uh, uh,
0: this uh, these proposals uh, are uh, not just fracturing and dividing the American people. Uh, they're, they're opening a fissure in the stability of the United States of America. I mean, the greatest country ever invented uh, in the history of mankind uh, as far as uh, individuals' freedom, uh, the ability to be prosperous, regardless of how you were, you know, what station you're born in uh, or, or what you look like. You know, I mean, we've come a long way, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I hate to see us tur- take a downward turn away from the recognition that you shouldn't be discriminated against because of the color of your skin or because you, you're a woman uh, uh, or those kinds, or your background uh, and those kinds of things, but it certainly looks like we're taking a dive down there. And that's why I wanted to, in this last segment, to have you touch on that, uh, but also talk about, uh, I think it's the 12th tenet in the redeclaration and it's about the U.S. Armed Forces. Uh, uh, and uh, What you guys put on paper to tell Congress uh, and uh, uh, what needs to be done to make sure that that is set right, because the U.S. Armed Forces, uh, as an institution, has always been the most popular, most trusted institution of the American people, and 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 it's the reason we exist. Without the Continental Army, the United States of America would not exist today. Okay, we'd be British citizens. Uh, I think most people know that that were born here or that come here as legally wanting to be American citizens uh, but, uh, uh, but uh, the institution is rotting from the inside due to Marxism uh, brought in through DEI diversity equity and inclusion uh, so is that why you guys uh, wrote this article in article 12? Well
1: it was really inspired by veterans from the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy who I worked with on this tenant And I saw it, but having not served myself, um, although my father did and I grew up in a very patriotic family, as you uh, alluded to in your in your intro, um, it was very clear to me that the hardcore left has taken over the the institutions one by one in this country that will lead to complete control. Now, it started with education, nonprofits, then the government, now corporate has been taken over by woke and left. And the last stop is the military. That's what they need to conquer. And they're using wokeism to do it, because if they can weaken the military, they can control the military, and then we won't be free. And that's why it's so important. And that's why it's the anchor tenant in this uh, redeclaration. It's the 12th that brings it all home. All we're asking for is what America was built on in the first place, which is a meritocracy. We are asking that soldiers, no matter where they color or creed, wherever they come from, uh, that they'd get judged honestly on their effort and output in a in a merit in a mer- uh, in a meritocracy, and not on preferences and quotas, which is where it seems to be headed right now. Which always leads to the breakdown of morale and the overall operation. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, nothing could be more
0: uh, more appropriate and time from a timing perspective, especially you know we just. Lost three uh, brave American soldiers in Jordan uh, due to an attack from the Iranian militias. It looks like, uh, uh, but uh, the reporting is is that there were some air, might have been some errors made in the air defense and figuring out whether this drone was seen as a friendly uh, or an adversary. Uh, and uh, reports from co- people that are commanders of reserve units. This, I believe this was a reserve army unit. There, uh, all three of these. Uh, Men and two women, man and two women were from Georgia, uh, sadly, and uh, their families are heartbroken. uh, And we've got to make sure that we are hiring people on merit, but also promoting people on their abilities, because this is life and death, number one. And number two, they have to have a high ability to think because they're responsible for safeguarding. The Constitution of the United States, whether an elected official wants to follow it or not, is totally irrelevant to this. Uh, and uh, the people we hire into the military not only need to be coming in based on merit, but their ability to understand what that means to take an oath to the Constitution, don't they?
1: Well, one of the things I, I heard from the veterans I worked with on this is the the massive recruiting shortcomings and and the repercussions of such when you have a smaller pool of people to draw from you get by definition lower quality talent and another one of the really big hits to the military overall all branches right now is that the multi-generational family members that were joining because their father or grandfathers had joined and were service were career service members are not joining now because of the wokeism so it's driving down the quality of the pool it's like anything if if you lower the standards and, and you uh, demoralize the over the high achievers, you're going to get low achievers and, and poor results, and you're not going to attract the next great achiever. I mean, there there we are. That's what happens when you lower yeah. the bar and you pick people yeah, based I, on preference. I hope.
0: Yeah, I hope we haven't just lost three brave Americans uh, uh, due to inadequate training or or uh, uh, or errors made in the execution of that training. Uh, where they should have been defending, and uh, and they let something in, uh, and made decisions on where those people were bedded down, and they weren't in a hardened uh, uh, hardened uh, uh, living quarters uh, like everybody else. I mean, there's all kinds of things that I'm concerned about that I'm hearing being reported from the desert uh, that indicate to me that our concern about the hollowing out of the U.S. military, the rot from a leadership perspective. Uh, 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 that taint from Marxism as Matt Lomar talks about in his book, he's the lieutenant colonel that was fired from Space Force, the first veteran of the Space Force, that wrote a great book about uh, the rot from Marxism that's attacking the inside of the U.S. military. I really hope that we don't uh, see that as a reality, but uh, I have my doubts, uh, and I'm very concerned uh, at this point, and uh, hopefully If it is true, then uh, we use this as an inflection point, and Congress gets the message and starts really acting to fix things instead of just passing more bigger and bigger defense authorization budgets that don't really change policy to a degree that it needs to be. Well, we've got about 30 seconds left, Barry. Uh, Tell folks where they can find you, where they can find the redeclaration, and follow you on social media and those kind of things.
1: Well, it's a simple ask. As you said, go to redeclaration.org. Please sign it forward it to 10 family members and friends and, and definitely pressure your representative or whoever's running against them to, to take the pledge and sign this as well. That is the only way we're going to hold Congress accountable is it strengthen numbers. Uh, you can find us at redeck 1776 on X on Instagram and to social.
0: Well, thank you very much for spending so much time with us and training us on what the Redeclaration of Independence Movement is and why it's so important. Barry Hinckley uh, of the Redeclaration of Independence uh, just spent an hour with us, folks, and we appreciate that. Well, tomorrow is Whistleblower Wednesday. We'll have a great show tomorrow because there's a lot going on, especially at the southern border and the issues I just talked about with the U.S. military, uh, possibly having uh, poor training or inadequate training. Uh, and errors being made resulting in those uh, fatalities, unfortunately. Keep those families in your prayers. I'm Rob Manus with Patriot.TV, and I'll see you tomorrow, Whistleblower Wednesday.